This is episode four of Biblically Speaking, a conversational question and answer show with two guys from Millard Community Church in Omaha, Nebraska. We would love to get your feedback on the show. If you haven't yet, leave us a review on iTunes or head on over to our website, that's biblicallyspeaking.fm, and use the contact form there. So let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Tell me mm-hmm. when you're ready. Well, I'm ready. I pre-turned there. Oh, you, you started read, out there, so you really... Read. Yeah. Okay, so I'll you read saw me turn. coming. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Just what I was thinking about before I came here today, this that part. was the exact verses I was thinking about. All right. So I actually have a leg up on you okay we'll see that you be not soon shaken in mind shaken. or be troubled troubled neither by spirit nor by word spirit think that mm-hmm. yeah nor by letter as from us yeah fake epistles as that the day of christ is at hand right at hand let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition Exactly what I was thinking about. All right, so the the section of this that I have questions on um, is re- regarding to this falling away first. The apostasia. Yes. So. You know, we have apostasy.com. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, it's what got gonna, a splash page on it. What are you going to do with it? Yeah, that's, that's a decade-old question. <laughs> just bought it for just a land grab? I just knew it was going to be a great land grab, yes. Yeah, it was like a prime piece of real estate in downtown Nairobi. Yeah. So there's here predicted. Of course, this is yeah, uh, well, sure, sure thing that there's going to be an apostasy. I, I want all the people on the internet that are apostasy. Just document them. Yeah, kind of like the Facebook, but just for maybe just have them log in. Yeah, say you're apostasizing. If you're apostasizing, click here. There you go. Yep. Make it easy. But we have this falling away. Yeah. First, apost- before the man is sent. Right. And so that's contextual. The context the falling away goes all the way up to the man of sin, right? Yeah. Yeah. And is this a? It's a necessary precursor to the man of sin. Is this a great historical event, or is this a oh, yeah. a transition over? Oh, many, it is. Well, like all these. Both. Well, that's a good question because, like all these historical, we, we call it maybe crisis event, all these historical crises, they all have their uh, upsweep, uh, the building, you know, they all have the emerging. See, the way the man of sin is, is, and Satan is, is he just really wants this. He really wants it. And so he, he as a person, right? I and mean, this is a real person. Uh, this guy is trying to do this at all times. Satan has a drive to churn out the man of sin into the world that if he could do, he would do instantly. Uh, he had Judas for a couple of hours as the man of sin. You know, Judas is called the son of perdition. Yeah, which that you is see a, right here, right? Right. The son of perdition. This is the son of perdition. He he holds the title. And for a few hours, you know, the man of sin walked the earth in the person of Judas Iscariot. And he got his way. You know, he had his way. Now, 
we can talk about the Antichrist, the man of sin, and you know, okay, maybe we should, maybe I should correct myself and said the Antichrist was embodied in Judas. There, he he was the embodied Antichrist uh, for a time, the traitor out of the tribe of Judah. Of course, of course, he became un, unuseful. His historic rise to the top of humanity was cut short by the, shall we say, God's plans. Right secret to Satan, but that we're in his own mind. That's because he did everything that God wanted him to do, it turns out. Right. Uh, God took him in his own device, which is how God takes the wicked in their own devices, and he, he takes the wise in their own devices, he takes the arrogant in their own devices, what he does. God keeps doing what he does. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little bit, you know, I won't say it's funny, but it's the kind of thing you go, yes! And he did that, and then, of course, when, when, when uh, Satan realized that Judas was useless... He snapped him like a twig in his in midair, and his bowels gushed out into Asaldama and mm. the Potter's Field, and so so it is. Now, so you're saying so, he's always so, wanted to. So with with, with yeah, so he always wants to. I mean, yeah. in other words, he's still around, right? So he's still there. And here's the deal: it's it's like uh, it's like one of these um, binary uh, explosives, you know, or, or binary poisons. I mean. You know, there's a lot of binary poison. Is. Binary poison is you've got, well, there, there are a lot of things that are, uh, you know, when they're kept apart, they're perfectly okay, but when they come together, they're poison or explosive. Okay. All right? So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. So they made a binary, they have a device that keeps them separate. You know, they can't, there's this thing here and there's that thing there, like nitrogen and glycerin. Apart. Yeah, like nitrogen and glycerin are held apart, right? They can't get in, but, but they would love to mingle and will find their stability only when they explode. So, now that's what an explosion is, right? It's, it's something that only becomes stable when it explodes. Otherwise, it's in this agitated state, mm-hmm. unstable state. Okay? So, that is really how a, a, a warmly receiving humanity and uh, Satan, the god of this world, is, is, is actually how it is. I mean, there are plenty of men who receive Satan as their savior, the children of the devil. There are those. But that, that does not satisfy Satan. He wants all of man's mankind's worship, and he's agitating to get that with the assistance and through the agencies of these, you know, his minions, angelic and human, both. And, and there is this force inside every man of enmity against God, right. which will follow, which will follow Satan, right? If he could deceive the elect, he'd get that done mm-hmm. too, but it's not possible to. So there's these two. That's why I liken it to a binary device, right? There's these oh, two unstable forces at all times, and God's grace now stops those two from really getting it done, and that, and, and God's grace forces those tendencies and that whole system of things into His own timetable, because. As you know, the book of Hebrews tells us that, that Jesus Christ not only created all of every material thing, but he also created this thing we call time, mm-hmm. and it's all organized around him. So so apostasy has been going on in this kind of yeah, underlying and, way, but it, not in a great explosive... It does, hasn't reached the explosive state. It's like, it's like this, uh, uh, which I said the grace of God designs the dividing... 
a wall that keeps the to keeps things. Uh, speaking of the restraint, here the restraint, yeah, his restraints. He's restraining the uh, uh, eruption out of the abyss of the man who will be occupied by Satan. Now we have to kind of take a long view and look at what's going to happen in order to understand what this is. The nice thing about being a Christian, right, is you you have the heavenly perspective. We we're seated in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. So that's a nice place to be, and it's a nice way to be, right? Because you can sit down like we're sitting down, and we can look at all of history, and we can look at all the time, and we can more or less go timeless and spaceless like, uh, like you would be seated in the heavenly places, right? You see, in the heavenly places, you get to see all of the earth, a footstool of Jesus, you know, and, and, then, and then you get to... It, it, exceed the bounds of your lifetime because you have reliable history and you have reliable prophecy. And the Holy Ghost has told all the apostles things to come, right? And they wrote them down and we have them. And we look at the times that we're in, we get a heavenly perspective on even our own times that we're in. And so we can, you know, we, the two of us can, for example, sit here and think this out. What we see when we do that is we see the historical buildup. I say those things are created, that division of those evil tendencies that will finally personify the man of sin as a man who will be thrown alive in the lake of fire. That guy. I think we debase the, the magnanimity of that event. We debase it by picturing in movies or, you know, talking about debasing spiritual things with our own ideas, maybe the visuals and stuff like that that... that, that that it might be remarkable, but which are nothing as massive as this crisis event's going to be. But what we can see, even all the way back to the time of Abraham, the mystery of iniquity at work, right? It is a mystery of iniquity. So we today we see things in mystery form. They're secret. They're not obvious. They're, they're completely invisible to the unschooled, the, one, the person who does not know his scriptures. They're completely obvious to those of us who know the scriptures. Now, this is that's what the mysteries are. To us, it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of the heavens. To us, it's given to know all the mysteries. And it, that's why Paul said, if I know all mysteries and I have not love, right? Well, he did. He knew all mysteries. Kind of look at the other one instead of looking at the love part, you know, and then saying, ah, oh, isn't it cute? They kissed. They'll live happily ever after, mm -hmm. which is not what that chapter is about at all. That chapter is about what do we do when the, we have the full truth? How can we conduct ourselves when the tendency would be to so arrogant because we really know what's going on and we can see that. You know, we're like, you know, we're the misters know-it-all mm -hmm. uh, because we know. Well, the other side, you can say it's the grace of God, but what's the grace of God? Well, grace, the grace of God in the case of where I talk about him separating these uh, dynamic forces that will one day erupt is his, really it's his long-suffering and patience in this particular case. The grace of God manifests itself in every way possible, because the grace is what you need, right? The grace is what you need. Mm. And so, uh, if I need a glass of water, you know, somebody shows up a glass of water, I mean, it's the grace of God. I mean, they all look, all kind of things. And when I say the grace of God in this case, it's how he keeps this separate. Because what we, what we see from here about the restraint is that the man of sin would pop out of the abyss this minute and be occupied by Satan, if he could. But he's being restrained. He's being restrained until the day that Satan actually suffers a heavenly defeat at the hands of Michael, the archangel, mm. and is thrown down to the earth. 
at that moment, he's going to realize something he doesn't know right now. What, he, what Satan doesn't know right now, even though, you know, we're recording this truth and so forth, he just doesn't realize or believe it, that he's got a short time. He thinks he's got all the time in the world. He thinks like we think. You know, you look at foolish men, they think like Satan thinks. We have all the time in the world. Ah, I got all the time in the world. Don't bother me with that now. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior yet? No, but I'll get around to it sometime. Right now, I'm, you know, busy making a living, or I'm boinking my girlfriend, or I'm, you know, whatever I'm doing. You know, I'm setting up a scam. Whatever, whatever you're doing that's keeping you from, you know, acknowledging the fact that, yeah, Jesus Christ is my Savior. So, I had a guy ask me that question, as you know, when, when before I got saved. Is, have, yet, have you received Christ your Savior yet? But God finally will be fed up. His, his long patience is misinterpreted by men as toleration. But he's never tolerated any of it. He's never tolerated any of this enmity. He just loved all men, and he gave his only son to die so that they could be saved. And when everybody that's going to be saved is saved, when that happens... And we don't need to do anything about that, by the way. This is not a mission campaign, so send your money in so that we can get so that we can bring Jesus back. Because Jesus is going to come back when there's no faith on the earth, not when the work is full of faith. So anyhow, uh, obviously the context here is now somebody's trying to upset you for their own reasons into thinking that this time is now. And that's now then, back in Second Thessalonians, right? That, right? Back now in... You know, we could say 80 AD, somewhere there. So, uh, and the, the Thessalonians were shaken in mind, or they were troubled, as it addresses in verse 2. Right. Because they thought that the day of Christ was at hand. Maybe not the Thessalonians, technically, but a lot of Christians were, and so Paul felt like he needed to read the, write this to the Thessalonians that don't, don't fall for this, because mm -hmm. it was out there in big numbers. False epistles, right? Right. Paul knew spirits were, you know, wicked spirits were teaching this. His Mephistopheles that kept him company was no doubt show, you know, teaching him by way of experience uh, that uh, you know, wicked spirits were trying to agitate the Christians into thinking that it's the day of the Lord. It's, it's the day of the Lord. Right. But he says that this falling away has to happen first. This yeah. uh, apostasia. The apostasia. The apostasia. The apostasia. And so my, my, my question about this, which... You know, it's perhaps a bit loaded because I've heard you say something recently which kind of uh, changes or is different than what I previously thought okay. about apostasy itself, which is this falling away, is that, uh, I guess my question is, who then falls away? Is this Christians falling away? Is this other people falling away? You know, we, we see the the three distinctions, people groups, you know, in First Corinthians, the Jews, the Gentiles, and the Church of God. They're all falling away. They're all falling away. Yeah, they're all falling away. If you go to apostasy.com, by the way, you see that, that there's a tri, tri really, there's a, a falling away. Of course, the first falling away, if you think about the people groups that you're talking about, yeah. we know that before the Lord comes, before the day of the Lord, we know from here and elsewhere in Scripture, we know that when the Lord Jesus returns, there's not going to be three people groups as there are today. Jew, Gentile, Church of God today. Church of God will be gone. They'll just be back to Jews and Gentiles, like as it was before the church, before the church came into play. Before yeah. you know, the book of Ephesians was written. Or you know, I don't want to 
split hairs the birthday of the church. Uh, church doesn't have a birthday. Certainly the fulfillment of Pentecost was an important event, but that was important. It was the fulfillment of Pentecost. Therefore, by definition, right, an important event in Jewish yeah. history. Now, and I'm not going to quibble with the guy that said that's the day the church was born, except to tell you that, no, the Bible says Pentecost was fully come. So it was the fulfillment of Pentecost. Now, uh, I have no uh, doubt, uh, and, I did, and I also agree, that the church at Jerusalem was the only church that there was at the time. So it's the church that foundationally is set on the apostles and prophets, and that, that building was those boulders. Uh, we're being leaned up against the cornerstone there. Mm -hmm. uh, but certainly those guys did not know the mysteries of the church, which is his body. And I'm not going to get hyper-dispensational and then start arguing with about immersion and stuff because, you know, as you know, I believe in water baptism. But uh, the, the point is, there are, we do see these developmental things. Species do not evolve. But human events do evolve. So, social things do evolve. Civilization does evolve. It develops. Mm -hmm. So do these tendencies develop. You say, can we see this? So we see early on, right? We see these troublesome people show up, you know. not Everything's not all sweetness and light in the church, right? Sure. It starts out with Annas. Ananias and Sapphira getting carried out feet first there because right. they're lying. And, uh, and they, because they lied to the Holy Spirit is what it says. And then... We start to see another departure, right? What's characteristic, really, of the Bible, if you look, if you watch, if you read, it's departure for the whole time. Adam and Eve departing, uh, departure in the life of Abraham, departure in the life of Moses, the departure in the life of David, departure of the nation of Israel, departure, 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 departure. You know, departure until they are in captivity, departure until they say they have no king but Caesar. Departure such that they miss the Savior when he comes, right? And then the Lord has his few, and they depart from him when he goes away of the cross. So we know the tendency is to depart. And, and the Gentiles depart. How do they depart? Yeah. Well, the Japhethites depart out of the tents of Shem. They no longer support the tent of Shem. They no longer agree that, that uh, the God of uh, the heavens and the earth uh, come, adopted the nation of Israel and come and came, became a man out of that nation. They, they, uh, they, and became a man out of that nation. They, they deny, the Gentiles deny that. The Japhethites leave the Shemites. Every, set, every order that God ever puts in place, apostasy is departure from it. You see the whole world apostatizing, right, from the Noahic Covenant. So apostasy in this sense is is moving away from wherever you previously stood in relationship to God. Because moving it's not away I, from I everything of, that God stands for. I always looked at it as how can you fall away from something that you didn't previously adhere you can't. to anyways. You can't you have to fall away from something that you hold. That's exactly right. Apostasy is this fundamental, foundational departure from what you believe in. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you, what you, you, you... Technically, you apostatize from anything that you believe in. You could, you know, we don't use the word much, but, you know... You, it's to move from a place of belief to a place of no belief. Is that right? I mean, and you may apostatize from the way your parents taught you. Mm. 
So it's much I'm more... sure the Roman Catholic Church would accuse both of us of apostasy. Probably not me. Why? You were baptized a Roman Catholic, weren't you? No, no. Oh, you never were? No. You sure? Pretty sure. Your mom prohibited it. Your dad didn't care. I have to go ask him again. <laughs> I don't think I was. Well, that's fine. I mean, but, but it doesn't matter. Regardless. When you got water baptized as a Christian, you're anathema. Well, so, I'm anathema to the Catholics, of course. Well, anathema apost- means you can be put to death. Yeah, but... You might not be an apostate, though. Yeah. You're certainly an apostate from Islam because you said that this show might be named the, the Quran if God wrote it. So <laughs> you're a... You're a, a po- Actually, you're not. You, there is a technical thing that they have apostates too. Do they? Yes, like when you become a Christian, they have a repeat after me religion. You know. Yeah, so I've heard. At gunpoint or whatever, sword point. Just whatever you say is. It has to be said sincerely. Counts. Yeah. Yes, you have to sincerely say that there's no god but Allah and Muhammad is his prophet. See, I didn't just become a Muslim because I'm totally, you know, I'm quoting it. I'm not sincerely saying it. Right. And I don't wear it on my ring, on my left finger, on my wedding, as a wedding band like like our president does. Anyway, the so falling away from everything. So that, so now, but this is the falling away. Okay, this is the falling away. So while apostasy is general moving away from or departing from God. This apostasy, the falling away, is not a general thought. It's a specific and dramatic event in which many all... Right. Have you ever watched an image where you have limited bandwidth and the image slowly appears on your screen? It doesn't snap in, and so it, yeah. it comes in kind of vague, and as the data collects, it sharpens up until you got the final image? Yep. That's this. Only you might see it increase in the speed of development over time because this thing is also like uh, birth pangs. Exponential growth. Yeah, which, exactly right, both in intensity and frequency. Right. And so, and we see that too, don't we? I mean, we see falling away from all manner of such basic truth that we held, at least I held in my youth, and the whole society held. We see this, I see this uh, falling away with increased rapidity. Things that used to take 25 years to be destroyed now can be destroyed in a couple, three months. So People call this progress. Yes. <laughs> well, people call everything they're doing progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I don't think anybody campaigns for, you know, Digression. regress. Yeah. Yeah, they would call it regression, for example, if we recovered the truth that it's important to have single uh, mother and father families with father as the head. If we were to push, if we were to advance Father Knows Best or even leave it to Beaver, that would be regress in the terms of society today. Right. Whereas the Bible takes this opposite stance of we're all going in the wrong direction. The Bible lays down the foundation stones, you know, not a ton of stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, who could write Ten Commandments and say it's good enough? Only God can do that. You say, what about all the 600? Well, you know, the 10 is good enough. You know, them ten, and there you go. And summarize them in two. In fact, he did better. Yeah, I summarized them in two. He actually, he laid down just a four commandments to Noah. Uh, eat meat and execute murderers and be fruitful and multiply. And what did I leave out? Don't drink blood. Well, Adam had the shortest law, right? Just one, right? Yeah, Adam had just don't eat that thing. Yeah. Yeah, and of course the... 
consequence is that the knowledge of good and evil is the requirement the rest of the requirement and then men invent governments that don't do anything but sit around and chunk out laws all the time and they, and they do it illegally yeah it's progress and they do it illegally mm-hmm. so the, yeah apostasy is the falling away from everything until until finally society is so unhinged that the that the agreements that we really have the social maybe the social compact if you want to use those ancient terms that we learned about, you know, a social compact. I don't know what a social compact is. See, you didn't even learn it. (laughs) So don't use that term because I don't know what it is. We fell away from that truth between my college career and yours. Yeah. Social compact. A social compact. Yeah, where people basically, you know, they set forth the terms of what they really agree to in a society. Like a contract. Like social contract. Compact. Same same thing. Uh, Did you have social contracts? No, I'm just trying to put it in terms I understand here. Well, you look up social compact. Compact to me, it means like pressing together of something, something is tight. A compact, you know, like it's an agreement. Okay. Like the, like the Mayflower Compact. No? Nah. Okay, so you just need a little more historical exposure. Yeah, I must. These are cultural artifacts. These are important things to preserve. But during a time of apostasy, nothing's important to preserve. And look at this. I just, I just searched on Google for social compact. The first hit is a Wikipedia page, Social Contract. See, they've changed it already. See. And Wikipedia says that that's it. Yeah, that's I haven't it. gotten around. I was going to get contract. around and edit Wikipedia myself, but I never seem to have enough time. Yeah, it's a lot of work. To, to, to edit one little thing, I was going to edit the whole thing. I thought, that's a noble ambition. <laughs> yeah. And just like I was going to read the Encyclopedia Britannica. Anyway, the, the point here is that these are these massive tanks. Of course, we can see them. Uh, we sit back and we watch them, right? I mean, we look at our Bibles and go, wow, yeah, this is really going on. This is really going on in a big way. But it'll go on in an even bigger way. Side question. So don't, I always look back at the, you know, the believers down through the ages. Weren't we always looking at the society and saying, man, look at it, look at it go? It's Some really, of us should have been. It's I really, mean, go, it's really declining now. You you'd hope, you'd hope so. I mean, yeah, you would hope. Well, okay, I have okay. I, I've got uh, thirty-eight years as a Christian. Mm-hmm. We were seeing it 30, thirty. I can just say this: I've been in ministry thirty years. So, thirty years ago, I was seeing it. Yes, but the. Ease of seeing it today. I mean, then you'd have discussions with people saying, you know, this is really not good. What's going on? Things are coming apart. You wouldn't have people going, oh, yeah, that's for sure. You'd have people going, well, how, how so? In what ways are you talking? Yeah, let's discuss. Today, no time to discuss. As a matter of fact. <laughs> you, by the time you start discussing one aspect of apostasy, there's seven or eight more that have come up and you've heard about through the news or whatever. and. You know, and then you start exploring it and you realize there's unheard of things going on that you never even knew. So, yeah, we're, right, we're hurtling towards this event, but the Bible was written to make sure that Christians didn't think that the event was on and when it wasn't, right? I mean, that's the immediate purpose of this passage is to warn the Thessalonians, us, right? Right. Not to think that the day of Christ is at hand or that the day of the Lord is at hand which I think is what it says this is one of those text things you know the overwhelming 
the, the statement here is don't don't pull the trigger too soon on that. Because the problem would be that we thought we would think that we missed it. I mean, is that the point? I mean, why, well, no, I why think would the, that point, the point isn't mind. so much that it, you missed it, but that it's happening right now, and so this is as good as it gets. You know, must be that Barack Obama is the man of sin, or is it Putin? Oh, I see. Gorbachev's little splotch on his head. Or, I see. All these crazy things that people have done, they wouldn't do. Get if too excited done. about the prophetic things and not real, and think and start applying them all to current, like it maps onto current events. Which, by the way. You know, you live in a little world of good Bible doctrine. You've grown up in a, as a Christian, well, you've been a Christian a decade or less now, mm -hmm. eight years. Yeah. I'm not picking on you, but, you know, you immediately came into good Bible doctrine, dispensational teaching, so forth, not, not to be self-congratulatory, but you did. You didn't have to go through all the horrible teachings, really dismal stuff of the reformers who, because they were being so persecuted by the Roman Catholic Church, put everything in prophecy about them. And they would say, well, we got a pope. And he already exalts, exalts himself above all that is called God. Mm. He basically says he's God's man on earth. You know, that is the man of sin, isn't it? I mean, the guy that wrongly claims to be God's man on earth, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, it's of it. It's of it, but, you know, they're being buried underground, they're being tortured, they're, you know, their whole unspeakable stuff is happening to these people. You know, they're shaking in mind mm -hmm. too soon. So they, when they go to the book of Revelation, they did like I did when I was first Christian. I thought that was all happening to me. It was all symbols, and, you know, I've got, you know, locusts bite me, and just crazy, you know, not good Bible doctrine, and that's yeah. what they had was not good Bible doctrine. And they proliferated that, by the way. Believed it and pressed it upon the people. The people were soon shaken in mind that the day of Christ is at hand. Or gone, as you said, past. Yeah. And that there's actually kind of a historical slow progressive fulfillment of this thing. And they started twisting the scripture and saying slowly, you know, the kingdom of God is among you, which means that slowly, slowly you'll convert the world and blah, blah, blah. And all the reformist stuff that really was the very Roman Catholic thing that they were fighting against. And that's the thing about the devil. See, that's why you got to be careful not to fight carnally. Because the devil would have you to war carnally because it's, it's like uh, he knows the story of Br'er Rabbit and the Tar Baby. Do you know that story? A little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit before me, but let me see if I got this right. So Br'er Rabbit sees th there's a Tar Baby down in a pit. On the road. This is as far as I'm getting... I know he gets stuck in it. No, he sees the tar baby. Okay. Okay, he sees it, yeah. and he goes, good afternoon, or good morning. He's talking to it, won't talk back. He won't talk so back. Beat so, it up. Yeah, he gets into a fight with you. What, you know, why so rude? It's coming back to When me. I say hi, you say hi. Yeah. And so he slaps it, gets his hand stuck, and with that, he gives it another slap. He gets his other hand stuck. Now he kicks it, gets his feet stuck. So Pretty soon, mad. you can't tell the difference between Br'er Rabbit and the Tar Baby. And that's what happens. So he's engaging it, and then he just becomes part of it. Is that what yes. you're trying to say? Yeah. Okay. And of course, there's a moral to that story. You know, don't pick don't up a dog by the ear. Don't mess the Tar Baby. Don't pick up a dog by its ears. You know? Don't make trouble that's not yours, yours. Or, if you want to make a Christian application, don't be soon troubled in mind 
by spirit or by word or by letter that the day of the Lord is at hand. It's not, even though it looks really bad. And it was bad for Thessalonians. There was persecution. Mm -hmm. You know, it, Paul, Paul's busy trying to tell them, hey, wait, no, don't get all shaken up in mind. This is the normal Christian life. I live it. Yeah, but you're the Apostle Paul. We expect guys to be beating you up and trying to kill you. And the whole Sakari coming after you with a plot. We expect those kind of things for you. But for us, you know, you've told us to live a regular life, have our own things, uh, conduct a peaceful life, and so forth. Yes, that's right. Uh, well, life is getting real difficult. Surely the Lord must be coming right now. I mean, how many times have I said... I wish the Lord had come right now just to deliver me from whatever small or large problem I may have or think I have. Mm -hmm. So this is normal. This is what we call normal pastoral advice. I mean, I have to tell people all kinds of times they come for advice. This has happened in my life. What should I do? And almost the answer is almost always. You know what the answer almost always is? Nothing. Nothing. Just wait. Don't do anything. You're probably wrong. You know, I have to sit down, for example, well, I'll sit down with my, with my guys in business. And I'll say, what do we think is happening here, here, and here? What do we think is happening? And they'll kind of spin out what they think is happening, blah, blah, blah. We'll have maybe an hour discussion. And then I'll say, what are the chances that we're actually right about what is happening? In all this discussion, all these different scenarios, what are the chances that we can actually conclude that this is what's going to happen? I want some numbers. You know, guys will say, oh, 30%, 25%. Well, not, nothing that's actionable. So the obvious thing we do is, well, let's just keep watching and we'll wait. We'll see what happens. And then we'll, we'll, we'll watch. We'll talk about it. And then when it happens, we'll discuss what we should do. But right now, looks like, you know, none of the things that we think have happened have actually happened. Maybe they never will. And if that's how these guys were thinking, they'd be remembering, you know, and Paul puts the right... Paul puts the two right things, really the three right things in their mind, in their minds. And number one, he points out, before he talks about the falling away, mm -hmm. is he points out the gathering together, or the episunagoge, here in, in, uh, in verse uh, 1. Now, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord. Okay, so he, he associates the coming of the Lord which they know about from the previous epistle, which he wrote to him about, the parousia, this, the, the coming of, of the Lord, and, okay, associated with that, included in his coming, is our gathering together unto him, mm -hmm. uh, the episunagoge, only mentioned twice in Scripture, here uh, in Hebrews 10, where it says, don't forsake the episunagoge, which means the teaching of it, because, you know, you, we're not gathered together... I know there. a lot of people, you know, and I, I, I had a lot of experience or enough experience in brethren assemblies where you know, they talk about we assemble unto the Lord. And that's, that's right, really, but not this. That's not this. This, not, again, a future historical event that he's referring to. This is the one the Lord told us where he said, I go to prepare a place yeah, for you. The coming. If I go to prepare a place for you, I'll... Come again, receive you to myself, that where I am you may also be. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to come to you and live where you live. I'm going to come receive you, and you're going to live where I live, where I, in the place that I've prepared for you. All right? Mm -hmm. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Right? So, 
is really the seed truth. He's trying to say, wait, 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 there it is. I mean, that's what you're that's what you're looking forward to. The coming, the coming of our Lord, right? And our gathering unto him, or the episunagoge. So we're supposed to have our focus on the assembly on high with our Lord Jesus Christ. And we know from other places in Scripture that that's a crisis event only for Christians. It's called what? The judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. So, you know, Paul's coming in and say, now, uh, reminding you of two doctrines, the Lord's coming back and we're going to assemble with, with, before him. Then he stops. He doesn't have to go on. You know, we'll all be judged. He's already taught all that. Mm -hmm. And he said, but don't get your mind shaken up that the day of the Lord is, is now. Because a couple things. Uh, uh, number one, the falling away has to take place and the man of sin be revealed. So those two things are stuck together. Just like the coming of the Lord and the episunagogi are together for us. The falling away and the man of sin are together for the Jews and the Gentiles. Everybody's left. And those two things are tied together. Now, we see the tendency of the falling away. We also see the tendency of the coming of the man of sin. You got the rise of Napoleon Bonaparte. You got the rise of Hitler. You got, you know, who? there's billions of I mean, you, there's a candidate every minute that would love to be the man of sin, if he could be. But, you know, it's just one particular guy. Some say it's Judas resurrected because he was the son of perdition. We do know that the man of sin is going to be resuscitated and that, that he's already dead or that he will die. There's actually uh, two, two arguments about that. But the fact that he'll be a resuscitated dead person is verifiable by the fact that it's appointed a man to die once and then judgment and that he will be thrown alive into the lake of fire. So he'd already received his judgment. I mean, his life. He'd lived, died once. He already died once. Uh, the The apostasy takes place because uh, the apostasy takes place in the context of the revealing of the man of sin. Right? It means that you don't really ever see him until a crisis time. We can we can see the man of sin coming. Right? We don't know who he is or exactly how that's going to take place because it requires a full falling away to happen. The man of sin can't come out and be the man of sin while there's one single Christian believer on earth that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. This, and it won't. And it won't. Why not? Because we won't be here. But why can't it? Why can't it? Because yeah. then it's not the falling away. So it has to be 100%. Hey, if the if God could have found 10 guys in Sodom, then he wouldn't have brought nuclear fire on those cities in the plain. He couldn't find 10. Right. When the Lord Jesus comes back to the earth, will he find a faith? No, he won't. He won't. Why? Well, in part because massively those who believe will be gone. That means that when the salt is gone... The, the carcass Rot. rots. And then when the carcass rots, when the dead where the dead bodies are, what? The vultures gather. Remember when we were in Africa, that yeah. lion kill? Remember that ring of vultures? Yeah. Freakish, wasn't it? Hyenas, too. And hyenas, yeah. The dogs and the, the ningao mm -hmm. and the vultures. 
Remember how they ordered themselves? Yeah, it was like this hierarchy of power, and they kind of spread out. The hyenas were on the outer skirts, and then the vultures were even further. The vultures just... were big, too. Yeah. And that was the thing. Just waiting for their turn. Yeah, but they were huge. I mean, what do you suppose those things weigh? You know, 25 pounds, yeah. 30 pounds, maybe? For a bird, enormous. Oh, yeah. And then they'd fly above. Just waiting. Waiting for the dead body. Waiting for the caught lions to be done eating. The, right? Well, the Lord says where the dead body is, that's where the vultures will gather. So the carcass, the dead body, the stinking meat of humanity will be unpreserved by salt. Do you know Western expansion was halted until salt mines were opened, I think, in Virginia? No. Yeah. Could not go west in our development for lack of salt. Just all the food would rot by the time you got there or what? Yeah, that's right. You got to, you know, pack your meat and salt. Now you can go. Salt's a great preserving thing. Salt is a gift of God. Salt mm -hmm. is good, it says in Scripture. I just bought a above-ground swimming pool. First thing, salt the water. Yeah. Dumped a bunch of salt in the water to preserve it so it doesn't stinketh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I can have a chlorinator take copper and mix it, you know, uh, mix it into the, or, uh, fire, fire up a, a, a copper and, and make chlorine gas to feed it into the water to, to preserve it. So salt is this, this wonderful thing. And when all the salt is gone, everything's going to rot. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light to the world. When we're gone, the world will grope about in darkness and will not be preserved and will go, run where it runs. And that means it will run in the path and will of Satan. Uh, we don't realize what big obstacles we actually are. If we only knew what power we had in heaven, uh, we'd probably exercise it more. Instead, mm -hmm. we give ourselves to, you know, the piddling powers of the earth. But if we knew the power that we had in heaven, we'd exercise it more. I know that. And I, I teach it, but I still don't know it well enough, you know. So, so those two, you know, just like the coming of the Lord and the gathering together unto him take place, the coming of the man of sin and the apostasy take place. And, 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 and they can't take place apart from each other. Do you see why? Because we preserve, we stop. Just as the Lord could do no miracles in his hometown because there was no faith, wicked spirits can't do their stuff when there's the simplest believer in the way. Uh, let alone by, you know, the whole body of Christ locally expressed in every place. And then, and then we see, by the way, in verse 4, specifically the event where the apostasy and the man of sin, the, the revelation, that what, what is the revelation of the man of sin is verse 4. It's the abomination of desolation. He opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So he's not Muslim, he's not Hindu, he's not Buddhist, he's not Catholic. He's none of these things, yeah. but he uh, proclaims himself to be God. But we find elsewhere that he's superstitious and he worships Satan privately in what are called the strongholds. And then he says, now, remember you not that I told you these things when I was with you. Gee, 
That that's hard to believe. <laughs> that doesn't huh? sound right. Yeah. Why would he have to say it again? Yeah. Why would he have to repeat himself? And now you know what withholds that he might be revealed in his time. See, so that there is the restraint. We, I don't know. I don't want to talk about that too much. But there is angelic restraint on him to force him into God's timetable. He's well, going to be revealed in his time and not until. 